1: Our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. They will need thy blessings, for the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by Thy grace and by the righteous of our cause, our sons will triumph. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, the heroic servants, into Thy kingdom. And, O Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in Thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, and faith in our united crusade. Thy will be done, almighty God. Amen. That is President Donald Trump
2: earlier today in Portsmouth, Great Britain. Those are the words of President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Those are the words of his prayer prior to the invasion force departing from Portsmouth 75 years ago today. Welcome to the Bill Bunkley Show. Today is a day that we're going to give the first of two days of the recognition that is due to one of the largest invasions ever put together in military history. We're talking about the invasion of Normandy. We're talking about the D-Day invasion. And uh, we are excited because not only today, we're going to be talking about the heroes, the experiences, an overview of that fateful couple of days, Jerry Stewart is going to be coming along and visit us after the bottom of the hour. He's in Virginia, and he has spent the last few days uh, doing some interviews and exploring some of the history of D-Day, Bedford, Virginia. He's going to be joining us. And tomorrow, of uh, what he has been gathering over the last several days, and we'll be gathering today and up to tomorrow's show, he is going to – be our guest tomorrow for the entire first hour talking about the oral history. Because if you were an 18-year-old lad on June the 6th, 1944, today you'd be 93 years of age. And so depending on whether you lied or not about your age to go and to defend this country, Both here in America, over the pond in Great Britain, over the English Channel in France, we have members of our armed forces that are still alive today who were part of that very, very large invasion. And some are celebrating it this evening on the British side, we'll tell you what that's all about, and then there'll be celebrations further tomorrow on the French side. So why are we talking about it today when tomorrow is the invasion day? Well, because at this very moment as the sun sets in Great Britain, it was under the cover of darkness. That the Allied ground forces, along with their naval counterparts, which would take them across a stormy English Channel. It was under the cover of darkness this evening that they were preparing to enter the ships, the landing craft, for the invasion of Omaha Beach. Omaha Beach that has tremendous cliffs overlooking the beachhead. The Germans had already established concrete bunkers to protect those machine gun nests that looked over the ocean. Our Allied soldiers, not just Americans, but uh, those of the British... the majority of the two nations that formed the Normandy force, our boys and their boys knew what they were getting into. That's why FDR offered that one-minute prayer to the nation. And though we're not emphasizing it today in terms of Winston Churchill, Winston Churchill someone that I admire greatly, and I am a a history buff. I admire his courage. I admire the words that he used to continue to encourage his nation after London was bombed over and over and over, after Buckingham Palace was bombed over and over and over on their grounds. For you see, today our young people have sometimes a very, very limited view of why we are free today, why we are so prosperous today, why life in the United States is so much different than many, many countries of the world. And I think about this day because my dad was half a world away. For you see, we were fighting two battles, one with Imperial Japan and one against Adolf Hitler and his Nazi army. And my daddy was uh, half a world away out in the middle of nowhere in the Pacific. And I just want to tell you that um, most of you who have listened to my program, you know that both of my parents served in the Army Air Corps. So proud of my mom serving as well, defending their nation. And so that's why this day is so very important. What I'd like to do before Jerry comes on, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, why D-Day is so important. Because history is lost on a lot of folks. But D-Day was one of the largest military operations ever undertaken. And The Guardian, some of you may know, is a very respected uh, paper in uh, the UK. Martin Bellum had a great overview among other sources that I want to use today to talk about what this day meant and I and I want to talk about it in the context for you to go back 75 years and imagine if you were one of those 18 year old. Young men, or maybe even younger, if you, again, many lied about their age because they wanted to serve. I want to share a brief little history about this, this important day tomorrow when the invasion actually began. Because the night before, the night before is when you have those thoughts. The night before, many letters were written home. The in case I don't make it letters. And even dealing with that reality is so far removed from so many of us today. I just want to share a little bit about this day. This was a day that the Allies were going to form on the shores, the eastern shores of Great Britain. They were going to travel across the English Channel and they were going to invade France for Nazi Germany had already invaded France, and we were going to begin the big pushback of the Nazi Blitz. Allied forces had formed, it was codenamed Operation Neptune to begin with, and we'll talk about Operation Overlord in just a moment. But it was Operation Neptune because of crossing the channel And there was a great consternation with the leaders and the planners because uh, the weather was very, very uncooperative as the deadline approached. There are five beaches in northern France, Gold Beach, Sword Beach, Juneau, Utah, and Omaha. A lot of times we just talk about Omaha, but, again, there were five different beaches. They were the destination points for a large numbers of troops that were going to be landing by the landing crafts. At 10 o'clock tonight, Britain time, 75 years ago, that's when the embarkation began. That's when our armed forces were beginning to go across the English Channel. There were five different assault groups set to sail under darkness in the armada of about 7,000, 7,000 vessels. Just after midnight tonight, that's when the planes went in. And it began the aerial bombardment of emine- uh enemy positions, I should say, on the Normandy coast. 5,300 tons of bombs, according to the Guardian, were dropped. Special operation troops were parachuting into France at night to attack bridges and secure vital infrastructure targets before the landing. They were the brave paratroopers that went in behind enemy lines and that was reenacted today in France including one of the original parachuters who actually when he exited out of the C-47 door his arm got caught he twisted and banged up and down against the plane for a few moments before he straightened his arm and he was able to parachute in. He, I think he's 96, he parachuted in tandem today, and that was a very special moment. Now, I want to tell you that they also use birds. They use pigeons, homing pigeons. And when they got and confirmed some German positions, they let go of the homing pigeons that flew back to the U.K. They brought the messages back on where to fine-tune our bombardment when i come back we'll talk more about the history of d-day leading up to our time with jerry stewart who's been talking with some of the people who were part of that very important day more of the bill bunkley show coming up in a moment don't go away i'll be right back
3: she was surrounded while she was alone
4: been denied credit are you paying high interest rates because of a low credit score join the thousands of people who've relied on creditrepair.com to help rebuild their credit score
5: i went to get my first car i had to get a used car high interest and so i knew that things were Things were done from there.
4: For over 15 years, we've helped thousands with their search for solutions to credit issues. We communicate with you, your creditors, and the credit bureaus with a unique approach designed to remove items like late payments, collections, charge offs, liens, bankruptcy, and foreclosures that are unfair or inaccurate.
5: And I've gone up 40 points already.
4: There are many services offering to tell you your credit score and even monitor it for you. But what good is just knowing your credit score when what you really need is to fix it? Credit repair members see a significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. Call now to get your no-obligation credit consultation, including your free credit score and free summary credit report. Don't delay. Call 800-859-0720. That's 800-859-0720. 800-859-0720.
6: It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com.
7: Saturday afternoons at 4, it's time for Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs.
8: Without a proper understanding of who truly
4: owns your car, who owns your house, we're prone to mismanage that which we do have.
7: Gaining Ground with Dr. Evan Burroughs. Saturday afternoons at 4 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at Let's Talk
2: We're back, Bill Bunkley here, and uh, we are having an opportunity to review a little history this afternoon. Because one of the great trivia questions about D-Day is, when was the invasion really supposed to happen? Well, the answer to that question lies in this very day. For you see, if the original plan had been carried out, it would have been June the 4th. The night of June the 4th of, is that what we're contemplating here as we, we read review the story of the landing, but keep in mind, June the 5th was when D-Day was supposed to happen, and that is when our troops were supposed to approach the shores, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment, because that is very interesting in and of itself as we talked about the weather. Now, keep in mind, they left about 12 o'clock tonight, and about 6.30 tomorrow morning, they were ready for the invasion. U.S. troops were assigned to landing on Omaha and Utah beaches about 6.30 a.m. About 7.30, Canadian forces, which we certainly want to mention as well, landed at Juneau, and the Brits landed at Gold Beach and Sword Beach. I want to tell you that of all the landings it was our boys, the U.S. boys, there was... Heavy, heavy resistance at Omaha Beach. That's why we talk about that so much. The Americans were coming ashore. They were shot as they came ashore. They were pinned down for several hours. And sadly, we had heavy, heavy losses. Now, what happened was, in the planning, June the 4th was the night that they were going to be embarking And the plan was that's when there would be a full moon. There'd be all this natural light, not only for crossing the English Channel, but remember we had uh, bombers going in after midnight. We had uh, our boys were going in parachuting behind enemy lines, German lines that night. And it was supposed to be calm water and a low tide would help the troops getting to shore. But then a storm came upon them and was forecast. And um, on behalf of the weather people and their advice, everything was put back 24 hours. So how did they keep it secret? Well, the Guardian reports that during, uh, despite involving a large number of troops, keeping D-Day secret was vital to the success of the operation. They had a disinformation campaign that led the Germans to believe that it was called Operation Fortitude and it was for the Allies to invade the continent via a two-pronged attack involving Norway and Kali. Even once we started our landings at Omaha, etc., German commanders were convinced that that was just a diversionary tactic before the real invasion. And keep in mind that to the north coast uh, of the eastern coast of uh, Great Britain, prior to, they were moving in all these bo- big, big kind of like blown-up tanks, blown-up trucks, lined them up as if they were getting ready to do an invasion, and they were all balloons filled with air. And when the Germans flew over and were doing their recon, they thought for sure with all of what they saw, that's exactly where the invasion was coming in. It really was one of the best-kept secrets ever. I mean, ever, in terms of military warfare. The public had no idea what was happening. At 9 a.m. on the 6th, tomorrow morning, Dwight D. Eisenhower issued a communique announcing that the evasion had begun. Winston Churchill went to the House of Commons in London at noon, saying, So far... The commanders who are engaged report that everything is proceeding according to plan, and what a plan. At nine that night, King George VI, he went on the air, the radio, to the British public in a broadcast, describing the operation as a fight to win the final victory for the good cause. By midnight, the Allied forces had full control of the beaches, and the push into occupied France is underway. Well, it was D-Day because it was associated with the invasion plan. Some say D-Day referred to departure uh, departed date, or others said uh, disembarkation date. Um, but in Neptune, officially, there was no real definition of if it meant anything other than D-Day. It was an opportunity for one of the greatest military plans in history. They also had within the plan H-hour. That was when the plan was to begin. And just to wrap up this segment, the Allies had disembarked with more than 135 men and 10,000 vehicles that landed on the beaches. It established bridgeheads of varying depths along the Normandy coast. Today I want to remember 4,400 Allied troops that were killed. Thousands more were injured or missing. There were also heavy casualties among the Germans and the French. I've never seen it, and I hope the Lord will allow me to see it, but I have not been to Normandy. I've been to Portsmouth. I've been to the Great British Coast. And one day I hope to return to France to go to Normandy. And as what I really find a blessing is I, I, I walk the cemeteries, and I'd like to walk the cemetery there overlooking the, uh, on the cliffs there in um, western France at the Allied Cemetery. Because I want to tell you that to really appreciate what we have today, and it's an exercise for your children as well, uh, to go to some of our military cemeteries. Even this weekend, as uh, we uh, went to an interment service for a very good friend, uh, Luciano Alfonso, At uh, Myrtle Hill Cemetery here in Tampa, we went to Garden of Memories across the street where my mom and dad are laid the rest. And there's just something that, um, as a Christian, we know that they are not there. Their souls uh, have gone to heaven if they believe in Jesus. But uh, there's that opportunity to just uh, reconnect with history. So, in a moment, Jerry Stewart has traveled to uh, Portsmouth, Virginia. No, New Bedford, Virginia, excuse me. Getting my two uh, uh, geographical destinations confused. Jerry will be here as a prelude to tomorrow's special as we pay honor to whom honor is due. And that is recognition, looking back, and in many instances learning about the D-Day invasion. I'm Bill Bunkley. More of the Bill Bunkley Show This special show on the invasion of Normandy. I'll be right back.
9: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump is in Ireland. Earlier, the president joined other world leaders in observing the 75th anniversary of the D-Day invasion. On Thursday, he travels to Normandy, France. Vice President Pence and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo are holding high-level talks with Mexican officials about threatened tariffs on imports from Mexico. The Trump administration ending medical research using human fetal tissue by government scientists. It's a victory for pro-lifers. The Federal Reserve says most areas of the country saw a slight improvement in economic activity in the spring, but those gains were tempered by concerns over rising trade tensions. The Fed next meets to set interest rate policy. That'll be on June 18th and 19th. On Wall Street, the Dow picked up 207 points. The Nasdaq was ahead 48. This is SRN News.
2: Western Wall, sail on the Sea of Galilee, pray on the Mount of Beatitudes, the list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose, the 10-day Stand With Israel Tour, December 2019.
7: Join Mike Gallagher for the Stand With Israel Tour. Call to book, 800-247-1899, or click Stand With Israel at letstalkfaith.com.
10: So, along with everything else you have to do day-to-day running your business, you're trying to manage your digital marketing and social media. It's a lot of heavy lifting. How can you compete? Well, first, lighten the load. Get in touch with Salem Surround. We take the mysteries of digital marketing off your shoulders and deliver customers so you can run your business. To compete in today's business world, you must utilize every digital marketing tool possible. But who has the time to research, learn, and access all the options? Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. It's easy, and there's no heavy lifting. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility. And revenue. There really are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at SurroundTampa.com. SurroundTampa.com, connecting you with new customers.
7: Hi, I'm Andrew Farley, author of Twisted Scripture Untangling 45 Lies Christians Have Been Told. I'll be sending one lucky winner and a companion to Dallas, Texas for the Twisted Scripture Conference this November. Enter on this station's website and download my free guide to your identity in Christ. Hope to see you in Dallas. Enter the Twisted Scripture Getaway Giveaway today at LetstalkFaith.com. LetstalkFaith.com.
4: Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones, and you'd make a plan today. It's true. I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council.
10: It's not hard to know what you're thinking when you're down on me now. Your trance of love is seeking to turn this world around.
2: We're back, Bill Buckley, here on the eve of the 75th anniversary of the invasion of Normandy. Most commonly known as D-Day, and uh, you may think that the the history begins tomorrow. Well, it actually begins the day before, and it would have begun the day before that if you've been with us during uh, the first half hour of our show today. Just giving you uh, a little historical overview of uh, the importance of the historical points of D-Day, but I got to tell you that D-Day lives on, and it lives on. If you were 18. On June 6, 1944, today you would be 93 years of age. And I want to tell you that uh, we have veterans that survived the evasion of Normandy, uh, both here in America, in Canada, and, of course, in Great Britain and France. And some of those took part in uh, the festivities of world leaders, uh, marking the 75th anniversary. Today, why? Well, I'm going to let Jerry Stewart tell us about that. If Jerry Stewart, the name sounds familiar, you know that uh, ever since I've been the host of this show for now, what, 13 years, 12 years, that on very special historical holidays, whether it's Fourth of July, uh, whether it's Thanksgiving, we bring you Jerry Stewart and his specials. Now, he is a syndicated radio talk show host and producer, and he's on 100 stations all across the Great Plain of America. He is a patriot. He loves our nation, and he wants you as an American and us as a country to continue as the greatest nation in the world. He is committed to telling the common sense truth, and that's what I like about Jerry, because the whole truth and nothing but the truth of our American history, some good, some bad, but basically helping us to learn from our mistakes when we've made a mistake, but to honor those who have gone before us and have given so much for our freedom, and tomorrow, Uh, there's a very special opportunity during the first hour of my show. We're going to step aside, and Jerry's going to come and give us his special uh, 75th anniversary review of D-Day. And he has traveled the last few days to gather some very important uh, uh, historical notes, if you will, uh, to Bedford, Virginia. And he's joining us today. And with that, uh, Jerry Stewart, glad to have you along.
11: You are very kind, sir. Thanks for the nice, nice words, and you are exactly right. It's a big, big day, and I think that what keeps me going is that when I go down the street any normal day and I end up talking with folks and I say something about D-Day, especially the younger folks, uh, they'll look at me and say, well, I think I've heard something about that, but I'm not really sure what it is. And I go, are you kidding me? Probably one of the most powerful Uh, Days in the the history of our nation, certainly the top 10, uh, the day that we decided to put 150,000 plus of our young boys and men on the line to do something that no one knew what would be the outcome. And they did it. They did it. And so we celebrate. Uh, Of course, it's a very very solemn time. I've been out there the last few days, the last two days actually walking around uh, the memorial and just uh, talking to some of the veterans. None that were actually there have I seen yet. But I did get the opportunity four years ago to interview five of the men that were there that day. And wow. All I can say is, is wow. And I am so very proud to be able to just talk about
2: this greatest generation, right? Yes, Jerry, and, and, and I want to drill down, but I have a question for you that's unrelated to some degree, but I want our audience to hear from you. I have a 13-year-old son. We are not doing justice history in this nation by by having our young people study not only American history and world history. You're right in the middle of it. You've been in the middle of it the last few days uh, in an emphasis of just walking and talking to folks about D-Day. Could you share your heart about what will happen if history is whitewashed out of our American Mm. experience, and what will happen when future generations don't have anything to look back on to help Uh, guide them in the future? Talk about that first.
11: You know, there was a very wise philosopher who said those who refuse." to learn from the past are doomed to repeat its same mistakes. And honestly, I think the people who don't have – the people who don't really love our America, if I may say that, and maybe step it out on an edge a little bit, but when they decide that they want to wipe out anything, any black mark, you know, we're not perfect as a nation. We're not perfect as people. But when you decide that you're going to scrape away everything from the past and you're going to somehow act like it didn't happen, then two things are going to happen. Number one, you're not going to know what happened. But number two, there's going to be somebody who's going to change what really happened and make it a different story. And if we can't learn from our past, then I promise you we are doomed to repeat the same mistakes.
2: Absolutely. And revisionist history is as bad in my book as not learning history at all. But um, I want to tell you that uh, tomorrow we're going to have a special tomorrow, and it is uh, Jerry Stewart's special uh, D Day uh, anniversary tribute it's going to be airing tomorrow from 4 to 5 o'clock. I'll be back with you live at 5 o'clock tomorrow. And by the way, oh, Jerry's we- go ahead. Jerry's website. Jerry's website is jerrystewartusa.com, jerrystewartusa.com. I'm sorry, Jerry, go ahead.
11: No, no, that's fine. I I just wanted to mention that I was so fortunate when I interviewed these fellows four years ago, and only one of them now is still alive. But when I interviewed those four, they were parts of the whole D-Day invasion that I was not familiar with. For example, one of the men was a paratrooper. And they were actually dropping in behind enemy lines that night before the morning even came of the boats coming in, the vessel coming in. And when he tells the story of how they're, being, they're jumping out of the plane at only 300 feet because if they don't get to the ground fast, they're going to get shot before they even hit the ground. So they're dropping as fast as they can, and he tells the story about he dropped, and one of these supply boxes in a parachute fell on him after he hit the ground and knocked him out. Oh my. And he wakes up. He doesn't have his little clicker to prove that he's an allied force, and he's been knocked goofy, and he doesn't know the password. And there's a guy standing over him in the dark saying, give me the password or I'm going to shoot you, and he tells the story. And then he talks about looking up and seeing there's a fire, and and the parachutists are being sucked into the fire. And then and then you go over and you you hear of the of the of the men that are going off those those uh, those ropes off of the ships and going into those those metal boats. And uh, as they're going in, now think about this as they're going in. They're saying, no matter what, you've got to go through the front. No matter what, do not go through the front because if you go out on the side of the boat, it's going to be too deep and you're going to drown. But as soon as they lower the ramp, the machine guns mm. mow down on them, and sometimes as many as all but two or three die before they even get out of the boat. That's what these people were facing. And then they tell me about the radar. I mean, I had each one of those men had a different job, a different assignment. And you know what they do? They never talk about how great what they did was. They're always talking about what someone else did. And that's why I love spending time with our veterans, because they don't feel like they're doing anything special, because they love our nation with all of our heart. And this is following, through with what the Bible says, greater love hath no man than this, and lay it on his life for a friend. And that's what they did. And they did it because they love our nation and they love us. And I'm telling you something, we've got to keep screaming from the mountaintops the things that are being done even today to keep us safe and free, right? All right. Jerry
2: Stewart, today we live in such a self-centered, narcissistic, uh, I-only-care-about-me generation. Was it not your experience, not only with uh, uh, these four or five um, uh, Normandy Uh, invasion force members that you interviewed a few years ago, but you, common theme that I'm even seeing in this 75th anniversary, none of them want to talk about being an individual hero. How much have we changed since 1944 in America? Because I tell this story, my mom and dad both were Army Air Corps, my dad was uh, doing the Pacific operation thing with the Air Corps, and when when I grew up in the 50s and 60s, several veterans in our neighborhood, I mean, it was always the, the guys, they, they never talk about their experience. You had to pry it out of them. But yet they were always watching out for everybody else in the neighborhood. Yep. And that has yep. so changed. Talk about that.
11: Yeah, I, I can tell you. I had a guy a few weeks ago, he told me that he was angry with his father because his father would not tell him what had happened to him. In the war, mm. and he said, after his father passed away, he was talking with another veteran, and the veteran said, "I'll tell you why." He says it's too horrible. Number one, to talk about. Number two, if you start talking about it, sometimes people may think that you're bragging. And they may think that you're somehow trying to say, "Look what I did." He the third thing is, is sometimes you're, you're almost feeling guilty that your buddies didn't make it and you did. Yes. And so when I started doing these interviews 23 years ago, the first thing that I ran into was <laughs> you could talk to a guy for an hour and find out after the fact that he got a, a bronze medal. You know, he got a, some kind of a, of, a, of a special medal, a special award, and he didn't even talk about it until you, you know, you, you just have to literally drag it out. But it, it's three things. You know, number one is, is the horror Number two is I don't want to look braggadocious. Number three is I don't know why I survived and others um, did not. But I'm telling you, we are in such a narcissistic time in our history that every sports star – how often do you find a sports star who is just modest and quiet and not going around showing themselves off? I don't even know how many there are left. I'm sure there are. I'm sure that's not fair for me to say that. But we need desperately to have men and women who walk and, like, who don't impress us by their words, but not, and not just by what they do on the field, but the way they walk every day. And that's why they call this group the greatest uh, generation. And I'm telling you something, man. I, I can't refute that. I, I would love to think that my generation and the generations to come, but I just do not see the kind of heart that I see with these folks when I talk with them. And when I think about my mom and my dad, it's just different, man. It's different.
2: And I want to say also that uh, post-traumatic stress disorder that now, appropriately so, gets a lot of attention of our returning soldiers, sailors, airmen, etc. cetera. But I want to tell you, those guys that fought in World War II and the gals that were there with them with the nurses, Let me tell you, they had all as much of the PTSD as we have today, and one of the ways they coped with it was silence, not reliving it, whether that's right or wrong, but as we look at them, let's understand. Jerry Stewart's going to stay with me for just a few more moments after the break. Tomorrow, be sure to tune in at 4 for his uh, D-Day 75th Anniversary Tribute Program from 4 to 5. I'll be back with you at 5. More of the Bill Bunkley Show. Don't go away. I'll be right back.
12: So you sit down and do your budget, and you look at all your monthly costs and your bills and your income, and it seems like there's never quite enough. You know what would really help, finding $500 a month to help balance things out. That is the typical savings, $500 a month for a family when you switch to MediShare for your health care. And when it comes to health care sharing ministries, MetaShare is really the gold standard. It's been around for 25 years and has more than 400,000 members. It's been around so long and grown so much because it works. And whether you're single or married or have kids, this could make sitting down to do a monthly budget a lot more fun. $500 a month can more than cover a car payment or payback loans, whatever. So join MetaShare and go out to dinner to celebrate. Here's the number to call. They are incredibly kind and helpful to talk to. Eight four four forty one 41 bible That's eight four four forty one 41 bible Eight four four forty one 41 bible
6: The Cal Thomas Commentary is brought to you by Values Through Media. Now here's syndicated columnist Cal Thomas.
0: Did you watch coverage of the president in London, especially the state dinner and the toasts? No country does elegance better than the British. President Trump and Queen Elizabeth exchanged toasts that were historic, dignified, and thrilling. Each spoke of the contributions their country had made in ridding the world of Adolf Hitler and his Nazi regime. The Queen took the President and Melania on a tour of parts of Buckingham Palace, including a look at some rare documents. She gave the President several gifts, including a first edition of Winston Churchill's History of World War II. Now a word about the often ignored first lady. She was ravishing. Her clothes were appropriate for each event and she added dignity and her natural beauty to them. The fashion media, as usual, ignored her. They worship Michelle Obama and put her on numerous magazine covers. But Melania Trump is ignored because they hate the man to whom she is married. Demonstrators carrying signs promoting socialism and hatred of Trump were bust into London. All in all, though, it has been a successful visit. A credit to the president and the United States.
7: Thanks for listening today to Faith Talk. We'd like to introduce you to a new radio program, The Living Word, with Pastor Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Each weekday, Pastor Danny will walk you through the scriptures, verse by verse, passionately sharing the truth and hope of the gospel for a lost and dying world. Find out more at ccfstpete.church. The Living Word with Danny Hodges, weekdays at 10.30 a.m. on Faith Talk, a.m. 570, 910, and at letstalkfaith.com.
2: Welcome back. Bill Bunkley here. It's the Bill Bunkley Show on this beautiful Florida afternoon. A little bit of heat. Hey, we've been talking today, uh, a part of a two-part, two-day special on the invasion of Normandy. Seventy-five years ago, some of our brave, brave boys from Canada, from the United States, the Great Britain, as well as the French, the French Underground Uh, members of the Allied forces that uh, turned the tide beginning this day, these couple of days. And we've been talking about it because it's not just the day of the invasion, which is celebrated tomorrow, June the 6th, but it's the night before when our young men, as we talked about at the opening of the show today, asking you to imagine those men who were there as the sun set on the 5th, And we're thinking about what was going to be happening that night and what they would be engaged in the next day. And remember that had it not been for the meteorologist who who advised the commanders, uh, this day we would have been actually celebrating the uh, invasion itself. And yesterday we would have been talking about the night before. So Jerry Stewart is joining me tomorrow. Be sure to tune in right at 4 o'clock. He's going to be having a D-Day 75th Anniversary Tribute Special Programming. I'm going to step aside for the first hour, and he's going to be bringing that. He's been talking to some folks in Bedford, Virginia, at the Memorial for D-Day. And by the way, his website is jerrystewartusa.com, jerrystewartusa.com. Not only a patriot, but a historian. Jerry Stewart, uh, just got a few minutes left, but imagine if you will, because you're study of history and you place yourself in the middle of history to really bring it out talk a little bit about where we're at nightfall has uh, right now gotten into Great Britain it's the night before the big invasion give us your impressions of life for our especially our invasion forces that are going to be in those uh, ground forces that go into Normandy talk about the night before because thinking about what you're going to face and living with it all night and then getting in a boat on a dark night with, with treacherous seas, storms. Boy, that had to be some experience.
11: And You know, the interesting thing was uh, they did not mince words with these young men. Uh, they told them, the commanding officers told them there was a high probability they would not live to see the next day. I mean, they were not saying, sure, going to be wonderful. We'll have ice cream afterwards, you know, see you at the beach. They were telling them, And in my program, you're going to hear one young man say, you know what, I believed I was going to die. And he said, I remember I wrote a letter to my mom, and I said, Mom, um, I wish I had been a better better son. I just love you with all my heart. And, um, you know, see ya. And and you think about that, that they had, they believed that, they was going to be the end. And of course, about 100, 156,000, I think, were in the first, you know, that first day. I think there was about 9,000 who died on the beach. And those who didn't die, I think there was uh, 14,000, 15,000 uh, casualties. And uh, when you imagine that you get off that, you get, get out of that boat and you look at the beach and there's nothing to hide behind. And you've got to run, I don't know, what, a couple hundred yards maybe, a hundred yards, whatever to to get up under that, that wall. I mean, that's a big concrete wall with all these machine guns on top. Mm. And uh, I, can, I can only just, you know, imagine of uh, how uh, it must have felt. I had one man said, you know, an 18-year-old boy, I, I just didn't know what else to do than just to do what I knew the right thing to do. And I'll tell you something. When they look to their left and to their right, and they realized that they were fighting for each other, You were fighting for your fellow in battle. And that's what kept them going. And they would, they would uh, lead uh, safe places to help someone who was uh, in trouble. And I think that's desperately what we need in our country today. We need to say, you know what? Right is right, even if nobody is doing it. And wrong is wrong, even if everybody is doing it. And if I know the right thing to do, then I've got to stand up and I've got to do the right thing. And if I might just mention, I think one of the things that we have lost, that we are losing desperately in our country, is the stories are not being passed on. But yes. I was a young boy, maybe four or five years old. I was sitting on my grandmother's lap, and she told me about it in the early, uh, in the late 1800s when she and her family went across the country in a covered wagon to come to Texas. And I was told over and over again about doing the right thing and hearing the story and realizing that there were a cloud of witnesses of people above me looking to see what I would do to keep the good name of the family going. I say, parents, have your children put down their video games, put down their phones, sit down and talk with them about where they've come from and the great responsibility they have to keep it going. Am I right? Absolutely. i tell you what,
2: the wisdom of Jerry Stewart is uh, the reason why uh, he has been um, with me on my absences at very important times during the history of our country. And tomorrow you're going to get a chance to experience Jerry for an entire hour. The 4 or 5 o'clock tomorrow, the 4 to 5 o'clock hour tomorrow, he's going to be presenting his D-Day 75th Anniversary Tribute Programming. And uh, you'll want to tune in right here on all of our stations uh, to get a hold of that. I'll be back tomorrow at 5 o'clock on our Faith Talk stations like I will be today. That's AM 570 and 910. Jerry's website is jerrystuartusa.com, jerrystuartusa.com. Jerry, my brother, my brother in Christ, thank you so much for being with us, and we look forward to your special tomorrow. God
11: bless you, and thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Thank you, Jerry.
2: All right, that's going to be tomorrow from four to five. Don't want to miss that. More of the Bill Buckley Show coming up in a moment. And as I said, we'll be over on AM five seventy nine ten. I'll be right back.
7: Did you know the human body does not make its own vitamin C? Taking vitamin C is one of the best things you can do for your health, and Aqua Powders is the best way to get vitamin C. Aqua Powders vitamin C is delicious when added to water. And provide you with 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C to boost your immune system and increase your energy. Transform your water into wellness with Aqua Powder's vitamin C available at Amazon. That's Aqua Powder's with a Z available at Amazon. Sunday afternoons at 12:30 and 6:30. Listen to Calvary Church Radio with Dr. Willie Rice.
11: Pass it along
7: to other faithful people who will pass it along to others also. Who's going to heaven? Because God has worked through your life. Calvary Church Radio with Dr. Willie Rice. Sundays at 12.30 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. On Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and FM 102.1. Faith Talk 570 WTBN, Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk A service of the Salem Media Group.
8: Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. The Trump administration is ending medical research by government scientists that use human fetal tissue.
7: Ending the use of fetal tissue by NIH has been a priority for opponents of abortion. Fetal tissue is used in research on HIV and childhood and other cancers. The policy change does not affect privately funded research. The government said there are currently at least three active federal research projects that involve human fetal tissue. Possibly as many as 12.
8: Correspondent Ed Donahue reporting. Going forward, NIH scientists will stop research involving fetal tissue from elective abortion. Opponents of the move argue some health problems can't be studied any other way. Those privately funded human fetal tissue research projects will be unaffected. An Ohio critical care doctor has pleaded not guilty to murder charges in the deaths of 25 hospital patients authorities say were deliberately given overdoses of painkillers. Franklin County Prosecutor Ron O'Brien announced the charges against Dr. William Husel.
6: Franklin County Grand Jury filed and returned a 25-count indictment against uh, Dr. Husel for murder. Each of those uh, counts uh, allege uh, that violation of Ohio law. That carries a penalty of uh, 15 to life uh, if uh, there is a conviction.
8: A lawyer for Hussel has said he didn't intend to kill patients. More than two dozen wrongful death lawsuits have been filed against the doctor and the hospital system. I'm Shirley Adler. Parachutists jumped into Normandy again, just as soldiers did 75 years ago as a prelude to D-Day's seaborne invasion, but this time without being shot at. 97-year-old D-Day veteran Tom Rice says he enjoyed jumping again into Normandy. Uh, great, great. Beautiful drive, beautiful jump, beautiful flight. Everything was perfect. On Wall Street, the up by 207 points. More on these stories at townhall.com.
3: The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management.
5: I had a lot of credit card debt and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad I got to a point where I needed some help, so I reached out and contacted Trinity. If
3: you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor.
5: They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together.
3: Trinity will consolidate your accounts do one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
5: And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months.
3: If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976.
5: My name is Stephanie, and I'm
3: debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976.
8: A bipartisan group of senators is going all out to stop the White House from moving forward with $9 billion in arms sales to Saudi Arabia. The group will try to pass nearly two dozen separate joint resolutions that, if approved, would stop the sales without congressional review. A joint statement from Republican Lindsey Graham and Democrat Bob Menendez says they won't sit idly by while the president and secretary of state further erode congressional review and oversight of arms sales. Members of Congress have been blocking sales of offensive military equipment to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates for months to protest human rights abuses and the huge numbers of civilian casualties from the Saudi-led air campaign in Yemen. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. The deputy head of Sudan's ruling military council says they've begun a fair and independent investigation into the violent breakup of the Khartoum sit-in by protesters. News and analysis at townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Britain's governing Conservative Party has set a timetable for choosing a new leader, aiming to replace Theresa May as Prime Minister by the last week of July.
0: Nominations for the next leader will close on the 10th of June. So far, 11 candidates are in the running. Lawmakers will hold a ballot on the 13th of June, and candidates who do not get at least 5% of the votes will subsequently drop out. Further rounds will be held on the 18th, 19th and 20th of June, with the least popular candidate dropping out each time. The final two candidates will be put to a postal ballot of about 160,000 Conservative members, with the winner announced the week of July the 22nd. Karen Chamas, London.
8: Renault says an internal audit with partner Nissan found 11 million euros in questionable expenses at their Dutch-based holding, allegedly linked to ousted chief Carlos Ghosn. French carmaker recommended joint Renault-Nissan legal action in the Netherlands, which the alliance is based. More at townhall.com. This hour is brought to you by EDI Travel.
0: Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bumpley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN.
7: Our rights come from nature and God and not from government.
0: You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around, or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley.
2: Good afternoon, welcome back to the Bill Bunkley Show, and we are delighted to have you with us. We have been uh, we have been spending uh, the first of a two-day special in the four o'clock hour. As we are looking at various aspects of uh, the 75th anniversary of the invasion of Normandy. uh, Also called D-Day. Also called Project Overlord. Also called uh, Project uh, Neptune. And um, today we're going to talk a little bit about that, but so many other subjects. Our phone lines are open if you'd like to comment. About uh, the first hour or anything during the second hour at 877-943-9673. You know, right now as the sun is set or setting in Great Britain, this is uh, June the 5th, 2019. 75 years ago tonight, and just after midnight tonight, Great Britain time, The invasion set forth from the shores of England to cross the English Channel, and by 6.30 the next morning, American troops, part of the Allied forces, would be storming the the beaches of Normandy, Omaha Beach, taking just absolutely horrendous casualties, uh, both deaths and those that are wounded. And would begin pushing back against Adolf Hitler and his very evil, evil plan for the world and his Nazi army and would change ultimately the tide of the war. But you know, we've talked about the bends in the road. We've talked about when things come along that upset your plans Talked about the fact of, you know, I've got my bend in the road, but I, I, I could not help but think, and I want to talk about it in a moment, about the difference in America, not only of so many who were committed to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who were committed to the Bible back in the 40s, 50s, Sixties, and the culture in America that we have today. I touched base on that topic with Jerry Stewart, but I think it's important to note of the wrong direction this country is going in terms of its self-dependence as opposed to being God-dependent. The difference between our selfish, narcissistic, me, 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 constant 24-7 drumbeat through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, to have the whole world look at us. We have the important news. We have the important trip. We have the important uh, accomplishment by a son or daughter. Nothing wrong with that, per se. But I think that that and... The pleasure dome that surrounds us. Anything we can do for pleasure is available. Unwise people in our culture will pursue unwise pleasure. And we know the sin. Yeah, sin's fun. I mean, sin is, it, it can be, you can, it can get the adrenaline flowing. Short term, it is a great drug. but it's only short-term consequences. So how does all this play back in? Imagine if you were one of those soldiers, and we started our first hour with this theme. I want to continue it in this hour with the idea of our relationship with God, our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our giving our heart to him so the inflowing and infilling of the Holy Spirit can transpire from the Blessed Trinity. You know, as we sent our boys and girls over to get involved in the war, we tried to stay out of World War II. It wasn't possible. And we got attacked by the Japanese at Pearl Harbor and enough was enough. So here we have these thousands of, of our boys on the southeastern New England coast. And this, this very hour that you and I are sharing our time together on this show, 75 years ago with the sun setting in the U.K., These soldiers knew that just after midnight tonight, they would be boarding the ships, the landing crafts, whatever. And it was not the the calm, moonlit night that they had planned for. No, unexpected storms had come in. The operation was delayed uh, delayed for a day. Think about that. Think about the fact that when you're getting ready to go into battle, and as Jerry Stewart so aptly pointed out, The Allied commanders were very, very direct and honest and said that many of you who are going to be in the landing force, you will not make it through the day. You will die on these beaches. Many more of you will be very wounded. And so as I think about the experience of these soldiers, and then we have... Vietnam, we have Korea, we have uh, Afghanistan, we have Iraq, we have many of those walking among us, and and I'm reminded of our own Captain Matt Bruce, uh, who was wounded, uh, Hamburger Hill, the famous Hamburger Hill, which is probably the Normandy of the Vietnam conflict. Very dangerous assignment, trying to take that hill very dangerous assignment being in the infantry forces at normandy and here these these young men who are young have dreams they're fighting for their moms and dads they're fighting for their farms family farms their family for their fighting for their family businesses they're fighting for freedom in america and here they have in a human experience been gearing up to go be part of this landing force and then they've got an extra 24 hour wait to think about it to think about it and then now as uh, it's dark and approaching the hour of departure which is shortly after noon after midnight tonight only got a matter of minutes left where they're going to before they're going to Head into the unknown. Many of them wrote the letters home. Many of them, as you heard Jerry Stewart talk about the fact, you know, Mom, that I'm sorry. I did some things I never should have done and what you had to put up with. I just want to tell you I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Don't know if I'll see you again. Because tomorrow we're going to go in and uh Commanders tell us it doesn't look good in terms of what we're going to be facing. Imagine those who knew the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Certainly had to be a different experience than those who did not know Jesus. And that famous phrase, you know, you don't find atheists in foxholes. But I hope that we as we as we think of our spiritual fathers and and those ladies who are so part of our biblical history and the apostles and those that would come after them with the heavy heavy persecution and execution of the Romans. We certainly don't want to spend time to get deeply depressed about it, but, you know, there is a whole, a very healthy time, I think, of just spending some time meditating about those who've gone before us in the faith and those who've gone before us in defending our country. And on these special days, it is a day of thanksgiving. And Lord, I just want to pray for a moment. We just thank you. We thank you for our heroes of the faith. But today, we're focusing on heroes of 75 years ago. Going into what many thought was a suicide mission. So that a very, very evil I believe demon-possessed man would be stopped. And I believe it was your blessing on the Allied forces, your blessing on the United States, as cruel as the Japanese war had to come to an end. But we just, we just lift you up, Lord, and thank you for uh, how you've always been with us, how you were with them then, and how you're with us now. Lord, may we teach our children the importance of those who have gone before us in the faith and paid it all. And those who 75 years ago paid it all, and for the rest who brought back those films in their minds of the horrific events that they witnessed that they've had to walk with all of their lives. And we just pray for our Vietnam vets, our North Korean, Iraq, Afghanistan, special operators operating around the globe, those men and women who also are living memorials and heroes, who also saw their, their comrades fall in the heat of a battle. Just pray your grace upon all of them, all of us today, and let us just take in everything about D-Day to allow us to have the rich history of our nation and to teach that to future generations. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, let's take a time out. More of the Real Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Your thoughts about D-Day, about history, about remembering. Phone lines are open at 877-943-9673. That's 877-943-9673. I'm Bill Bunkley. I'll be right back.
12: want to look at that jar fully spent and see new adults that know how to chase Jesus. Erin Lynham put 976 pennies in a jar to represent the number of weeks she had with her children. She describes her goal as a mom on Focus on the Family Minute. I want them to look back and see that yes, my husband and I messed up a lot. I know that they'll look at that jar like I do and see tarnish of my own humanity and as they get older they might see that more but I want them to look back and see that as their parents our heart was that they would have a heart after God so I want them to see the times when we sat down and told them who Jesus was and how he made them and how he loves them and that he has a purpose for them so that when those pennies are spent up they're released to go chase that story God has for them more from Aaron at familyminute.org
5: do you like winning prizes? How about getting sneak peek opportunities and offers before anyone else? Join the Faith Talk Fan Club today at Let's Talk Faith.com and gain access to incredible contest opportunities, free movie preview events, discounts and more. If you're passionate about Faith Talk and want to be rewarded just for being a part of the Faith Talk community, sign up for the Faith Talk Fan Club today. Join the Faith Talk Fan Club by clicking the Fan Club tab at Let's Talk Faith.com.
12: We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass, America.
8: That's right, Tampa Bay. If you have a cracked windshield and full coverage insurance, they can
7: install a new one for free and buy back your old one for up to $100 cash on the spot. Call 813-96-GLASS. That's 813-96-GLASS. 813-96-GLASS.
12: We turn your broken glass into cold, hard cash. Auto Glass, America. The following
7: statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. in trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI U.S. MULO, 52 weeks by UPC.
5: Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton, and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Ambarin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to
11: restore your hormonal balance. Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number 1 menopause relief supplement.
5: Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My sheets aren't soaked every night and my energy is back. Give Amberin a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get Amber in today.
7: Weekdays at 1 p.m. Don't miss Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins.
4: The reason your relationship can't grow is you have an account of offenses. You have to close out the offense account and open a grace account.
7: Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Weekdays at 1 on Faith Talk 570, 910 and online at letstalkfaith.com. My God's not dead,
4: He surely alive.
2: In back, Bill Bunkley here, 877-943-9673. I want to let you hear from the president. Tomorrow, on a Bill Bunkley show, our first hour, Jerry Stewart is going to have a special on the D-Day invasion he's put together. He was my guest during the final portions of the last hour. But um, in a moment, I want you to hear from our president. Today, he joined world leaders on the shores of uh, South East England, as today was the day to commemorate the embarkation of the invasion of Normandy, D-Day, and um, part of President Trump's presentation was the reading from one of our former presidents, former presidents, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He read just a portion, about a minute portion, of the overall address to the nation that FDR made on the night of June the 6th, which would be tomorrow night. Now, the invasion was kept as a total, total secret. So by the time the president went on the radio waves, June the 6th, That was the first time many moms and dads, brothers and sisters, knew about their loved one going into the heat of battle. Tomorrow, I'm going to share the entire speech. It is very, very inspiring, and uh, especially want to give honor to whom honor is due, and that is uh, FDR, who certainly lived his life, his later life with... uh, that thorn that thorn that symbolizes the apostle paul talking about the thorn in his life and i certainly think i have a few thorns right now that are a part of uh, my testimony but uh, this the address and the references to god almighty and the faithful uh was much longer than the one minute address that uh president trump read today in front of all the world leaders and more than a hundred thousand people that gathered to celebrate our heroes of the armed forces our, our heroes of the canadians uh, the french uh, the uh... the english and the americans but i do want you to hear from the president because what a touching moment in a secularized secularized europe secularized uk the world that we live in today to go back 75 years and to hear from another president, and for many of you, a president uh, maybe on the other side of the aisle, the aisle, that had, uh, I believe, that had a heart for God. So listen to the words of FDR in this, in this uh, prayer offering as part of his overall remarks by President Trump. And tomorrow, be sure to tune in because I, I'm going to share the entire remarks the radio broadcast and the many references to faith in god but now let's go to great britain the shores of the embarkation point for the d-day invasion and let's hear from president trump reciting
1: part of fdr's prayer almighty god our sons pride of our nation this day have set upon a mighty endeavor a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. They will need thy blessings, for the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteous of our cause, our sons will triumph. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, the heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And, O oh Lord, give us faith. Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, and faith in our united crusade. Thy will be done Almighty God, amen. President Trump, and uh, talking about
2: uh, uh, sharing portions of FDR's prayer that uh, he shared with the nation by way of radio on the night of June the 6th, remembering that radio back in 1944, the medium that uh, you're listening to me on right now, was the way that after the telegraph and delayed messages, then you had, once the radio lines were laid across the country, this is how Americans got their breaking news. And tomorrow we'll have more of that. But just FDR talking about committing souls to the kingdom. Keen understanding that we're present with the body, that we are that at the point of death. We are absent with the body present with the Lord, about that backwards, and that is a hope that we have today, and the hope that there is uh, for you, uh, because um, we talk about the bends in the road, we could also talk about that as your own personal D-Day, your own personal Normandy, maybe that revelation that uh, within a short period of time you're going to go into something where the odds look insurmountable. Well, you know, We as Christians don't look at odds, we don't look at insurmountable per se, because we know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ can can heal whenever he wants to heal, and he can supernaturally uh, get involved with the affairs of you and I, the affairs of men as it's called, and uh, you know, every day we hear about something that defies physics, defies the law of nature, uh often greeted with such skepticism but that's what faith is all about faith is moving forward uh in the unseen faith is having that dependence on what is not seen faith is what was so important uh to americans back in 1944 1945 and unfortunately um we many in america have fallen prey to Satan, the devil, just like the Israelis did. I mean, when I look at the Old Testament and I read it through every year and I follow the Israelis and I follow the kings because they wanted to have kings. They wanted to have more than just the prophets judging them. And then... You had a king that did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Then you had a king that didn't do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And then we're going back and forth. And we're really experiencing that over the last decade or so in America. And we're seeing that because we don't have a sense of biblical history. That's right, history. And we don't have a sense of anything more than. My smartphone, my YouTube, my internet, my Facebook, my Instagram, my this, my that. Because when I do that, uh, it's giving me this self-fulfillment, this self-gratitude to share. And what happens is, what has happened is we've gotten so out of balance. I mean, we are so out of balance that I wonder if, uh, if it's either the Russians or the Chinese, if we're ever really challenged by them. And I think somewhere we will be. I know some of you, through your prophetic studies of Revelation in the last days and all the countries of the world coming against Israel, I know that you see, some of you see, where America fits into that. I must tell you that I'm in the camp that as I read, and try not to read too much into the text when I do read scripture, because I think um, the Lord, through his Holy Spirit, through the word, inspiring the writers to write in such a way that we didn't have to be deep, full-time theologians to understand his word. We didn't need the Pope to tell us what we ought to say and do and act because of his or his team's interpretation. No, we're to read scripture ourselves. I, I'm in the camp, that I don't see that. So, I love our country. I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be, uh, however, a citizen of a kingdom that's not of this world, that's going to have my allegiance for an eternity. But I also, my heart is broken because I see somewhere a disconnect between the, the seven years of tribulation and what's going to be happening with the war of all wars and where we're at today and uh, the slipping that we are seeing among so many of our leaders, the the pettiness that we are experiencing in America, the things that we are arguing about, uh, spending what will be an entire four years of of a group of people who I think, uh, are demonstrating the fact that they didn't like the outcome of an election and they've been, you know, just dedicated to doing whatever and not serve our country uh, to be able to, to go after this president. And I just think of Hurricane Michael. Normally when we have a hurricane like Michael come ashore, I mean, the eye came in right there at Tindo Air Force Base, leveled Mexico Beach. Certainly affected Panama City. You know it is usually within weeks that the federal government will have emergency funding to come and to help our own. Do you realize that it just now is getting signed for the 19.1 billion going to the president's desk? And you know why? Petty politics. Petty politics. And um, so as. As we relish in our history today of heroes, men and women of faith, demonstrating that on the battlefield and the hospitals and, and uh, the great work of the nurses through all battles, just pray for America. Pray for this country. And pray this prayer, because you can quote Scripture. Dear Lord, we pray that our leaders will do what is right in the eyes of the lord and they will get rid of all the false idols that have been erected against him in jesus name we pray and that's <clears throat> that's a prayer that's also based on scripture when you pray that you are nailing it phone lines are open 877-943-9673 the latest from srn news in a moment more of the bill bunkley show coming up on this wednesday afternoon be right back
12: Of
7: W-262-CP, Bayonet Point.
8: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Representatives of Germany have acknowledged on the eve of D-Day that the Allied forces that landed in German-occupied France 75 years ago not only played a huge part in Europe's liberation, but also their own country's liberation under, from Nazi rule. Under a huge black cross at the cemetery in La Combe, where 21,000 of Germany's World War II dead are buried, the German ambassador to France spoke Wednesday of, quote, the unforgettable rupture of civilization that we provoked in Europe, unquote. The Trump administration is ending medical research using human fetal tissue by government scientists, a victory for pro-life activists long concerned about the issue. Officials say government-sponsored research by universities will largely be allowed to continue subject to additional scrutiny. On Wall Street, the dot by 207 points, the NASDAQ rose 48. More details at srnews.com.
5: I want you to sleep in. I want you to cool down and I want you to have the home of your dreams. I'm Alyssa Walters, CEO and daughter of family-owned and run BlindsGalore.com. My mom, Shelly. Hi, everyone. And I have been working together for as long as I can remember. We've never settled for mediocre, and you shouldn't either. We're tough customers, but we love to say wow when it's worth it. That's why we built Blinds Galore, to give you designer blinds, shades, drapery, and shutters without the designer price. Get free samples, free shipping, And all the free design help you desire. Our in house team of experts can help you online or over the phone, every step of the way. Plus, you're free to exchange your custom blinds or shades for any reason. It's that simple. We've been doing this for nearly 20 years and want you to take pride in your window treatments. It's your home, after all. You'll love the view. We We promise. promise. Just go to BlindsGalore.com. That's BlindsGalore.com.
6: Here's Dr. Charles Stanley keeping believers in touch with God.
0: If you're going to discover the will of God, it begins with the Word of God because this is where we find the heart of God. This is the way we're led day by day in making decisions. If you neglect the Word of God, you're going to get out of the will of God because there are so many voices out there telling you what you ought to do and how you ought to do it and oftentimes criticizing the Word of God. And so the truth is it's His primary way of speaking to us. If somebody says, well, I'm trying to find out what God wants me to do, first thing I say to him: get in the Word of God and start reading. You say, where do I read? Here's the interesting thing about the power of God's Word. If somebody wants to know the will of God and is willing to get in the Word of God, it's amazing how He will lead you to the verses of Scripture that God will give you direction.
6: For help and hope from God's Word, visit
10: InTouch with Dr. Charles Stanley at InTouch.org.
7: Who do you work for? Weekday afternoons at 3. Join Jim and Martha Brangenberg for I Work For Him.
12: Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, your car payment, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for Him? I am. In fact, I work for Him. I work for Jesus Christ.
7: I work for Him. Weekdays at 3 p.m. on Faith Talk AM 570, AM 910, and FM 102.1.
2: Hi, I'm Tony Dungy. Being an all-pro dad is the greatest thing a man can do. But there's one kind of all-pro dad who stands above them all, and that's a foster dad. There's no greater hero than the man who steps up to foster a child. Totally unselfish, totally extraordinary. Only 6 in 10,000 will step up to help a child with no home. Put yourself to this test. Are you willing to take a step toward being a truly great man?
3: Learn more. For the four joys of fostering, go to allprodad.com.
10: around.
2: Bill Bunkley, we're back on this uh, Wednesday afternoon. And, you know, I could only imagine one thing. as I was blessed by that moment. We're going to come in the presence of the Lord. But, you know, imagine if in June the 5th, 1944, in the assembly point, going to be embarking in a couple of hours. Imagine a different time. Imagine (laughs) in 44 they all had smartphones. Imagine in 44 they all had the ability to listen to the digital um, recording of this song. And imagine if they were imagining, those who would not make it through the next day, imagining by way of this testimony of this song, would it be like to Enter into the gates of heaven, absent with the body, present with the Lord. Just imagine. Thank you, Mike, for doing that. That just really blessed me in terms of uh, our looking back 75 years to the heroes of heroes. Well, the Catholic Church has decided through the Pope that they are going to officially change the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew 6.13. Highlights of the prayer is, and most of you know this, lead us not into temptation. Do not let us fall into temptation. There's been a change. The Pope believes the new version that they are introducing And that is, do not let us fall into temptation. The Pope believes that's a better interpretation of the original Greek. The Pope believes the new version is better because the first translation implies that God leads people into temptation, an action that is against his nature as a good and holy God. So let's look a little bit deeper into this. Now, The Pope is using what's known as the Vulgate Bible. And uh, for those of us on the Protestant side of things, um, I can tell you in this juncture, this has been a discussion for a long time, this particular passage, because of the inadequacies of translating it into English from the Greek. So let's go back to Charles Spurgeon on this question. CBN News has a great historical perspective that Spurgeon was preaching in 1863. That's 1863. That in Matthew 13, when you come to the word temptation, Charles Spurgeon taught that there were actually two different meanings to the word. One was the temptation towards sin, We understand that. But the other one was the facing of trials and tribulations. What we go through almost every day, trials and tribulations. That was part of taking the Greek root words and understand what God was saying here. Spurgeon would agree with the Pope that God does not tempt us. But Spurgeon would argue that God does send us into trials. He does send us into situations. And in those situations, how we handle it is so important. Will we handle it spiritually, spiritually or will we handle it in the flesh? And Spurgeon would point out that temptation towards sin is ever-present, even if God is bringing you into a trial. Take my case, you're diagnosed with cancer. You got two paths. One, to follow the path of understanding everything the Word has to say about sickness and healing from God's perspective. Or I can go down another path and be angry at God, be mad at God. Now, part of those things that are temporary is temporarily in nature i don't want you to think that you can't ever be angry with god when you get cancer because i can give you my testimony you can you can get in a tiff but you move on quickly and so the idea here is is that yes lead us not temptation because we're going to be in trials and everything and lead us not to be tempted lord not to do what you'd have us to do Spurgeon very clearly said that God tempts no man, for God to tempt in the sense of enticing sin is, and again according to Spurgeon, inconsistent with his nature and altogether contrary to his known character, his being God. But for God to lead us into those conflicts with evil, which we call temptations, is not only possible, but... It's usual. Well, also, Dr. Corn Becker, Corn Becker, Regent University School of Divinity, weighs in on the side of Spurgeon. And he, through an interview with CBN, asked the question what is the purpose of temptation? Why are we tempted? Why doesn't God put a shield around us where no temptation can enter in? Why are we tempted? Well, there's very good reasons why we're tempted. Becker says, God allows us to be tempted, and I think two things happen. We get to know ourselves a little better. I can't agree more with that. And, of course, what we learn is that we have no recourse against sin. We're not to go and avenge sin. Vengeance is the Lord, says the Lord, not yours, not mine, in any sense. But more importantly, we get to know God himself. We have to remember the next phrase in the Lord's Prayer. Anybody know what that is? And deliver us from all evil. Now, who's able to do that? Who's able to do that? God. God will deliver us from all evil. Doesn't mean we're not going to be tempted. Doesn't mean that we're going to have these issues. So I understand the explanation Portion that the Pope is inserting into the inspired Word of God. But from what the original translations were in the, Greece, in the Greek from Greece, I don't know that if I would be making the determination to take it upon myself to change the inspired Word of God. Don't mean that in a disrespectful way. But I think if there was adequate drilling down and teaching, some of what I've shared with you today, there'd be more of an understanding of uh, taking in the original text and trying to translate that to English. Um, There are other passages, uh, certainly within Scripture, where, there's not a good, uh, not a good natural match between uh, English, inter- English the English language, and Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, etc., etc. So, um, but Lord, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Plus, remember that that was added on, not part of the original text. For God is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. All of that. Certainly is what we pray in our family because uh, we think it's important. But it's fun and it's a it's an adventure to uh, sometimes uh, drill deep into the word and find out exactly what was meant. Well, we want to tell you about Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales is back, and I remember several years ago that uh, Veggie Tales was an important part of uh, our young Zachary's life, teaching the biblical principles. Well. Uh, veggie tales is returning to the national scene this time it's going to be in the fall and veggie tales will be on the tbn network yes it's going to be a cable show and it is going to uh, continue to teach our little ones the values of uh, the christian principles the christian faith the christian walk and again That's going to be exciting for those of you who have children or grandchildren or great-great-grandchildren, and especially when uh, you've got them for the weekend, you'll probably set your DVR on Thursday or whenever the series is going to um, come to uh, TBN. Have that DVR ready for the weekend for that uh, visit of uh, the little ones. Well, as we wrap up our day, you know, Some days we just think like it's another day. And there are days when I think about, certainly I'm in my 60s, so you really do. You know, I grew up hearing people who were older in their retirement years talk about how fast it went and they just can't imagine it. Well, for those of you who haven't reached that mark yet, I want to tell you, it really is true. And, uh... It's on days like today and tomorrow where we give honor and thank the Lord for those who served our country in in the invasion of Normandy 75 years ago. I'm reminded of what the Lord said, and and I think maybe there might be somebody in our listening audience today who who needs to be reminded of, of this principle. Only worry about today. Doesn't mean you don't plan for tomorrow and you don't ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and guidance of decisions that would affect you in the days to come. But for those of you who may be under a lot of stress and strain and you're just worrying about all sorts of things in the future, ask God to come and intervene. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and be patient for God's timing. One of the biggest lessons we have to learn is that God's timing is not our timing. We are impatient beings. And now in America, with the drive-thrus, we want it now, we want it our way, and we don't want to wait. Please don't implore those values on the Lord. Oftentimes, he waits to the final moments to reveal what he has for you in the answer to your prayer. And I just sense today that if we and whoever may be dealing with this at this moment, I think God would be telling you, brother, sister, chill. Don't worry about things 30, 40 days out. 80% of what we worry about never comes to pass so i hope you just rest in the wisdom and admonition of the lord my pastor dr ken witten is up next with his radio ministry living truth the good ship discipleship that's part two the good ship discipleship it's coming along in just a moment don't miss that well on behalf of bill bunkley make sure you tune in for the jerry stewart special from four to five and i'll meet you live right back here at five o'clock tomorrow until then god bless and good night